Quite often here on Aliens Explored, Neil and I will discuss prominent figures in the UFO community, such as investigators or researchers. But never have we gone into such detail for a UFO debunker, despite often referring to them in our relaying of UFO encounters and their aftermath. We thought it was time to redress that, so tonight we delve into the life, background and possible motivations of the much-mentioned Philip J. Clarks. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Aliens Explored, your weekly podcast looking at all things to do with those mysterious lights in the sky and those mysterious beings who encounter you on the ground and maybe take you off somewhere and do something to you. Um, <laughs> the police. <then. laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and without, without actually identifying themselves properly. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Stu Jackson. <laughs> Must be that old I hate people that take drugs. Customs, police. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! How are yeah. you doing, Neil? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Good. Yes, yes, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Uh, you were just mentioning off air that you might be uh, returning to your. Um, can we talk about it? Yes, we can. Yeah, I'm. Um, well, <laughs> I don't think anyone. Actually, them. We might. I might have recruited a few listeners from. From that job, yes, might be going back to um, Monopoly Life Size. I've got a meeting with some senior, with some directors on Monday the 18th. Um, they're going to run me through what the job is now compared to what it was because the job has changed. Um, with a view to me sort of filling in from time to time. But uh, yeah, I don't particularly want to go back to the full time basis I was doing before because it kind of excludes so much else. Mm. Um, not least the work-life balance, but but also um, precludes any other kind of work. And uh, yeah, but I expect um, once I've got my feet under the table, the work will start rolling in. I've been in this situation before. You know, you start off. Oh yes, I can cover just Saturdays. Yes, don't worry about that. Oh, oh, do you think you could do Friday as well? And oh, and possibly Thursday. Yeah, yeah, that's how it. You know, it builds up. So it, I'm 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 confident. 
It does build up, and in there I can see a danger, because as actors, it is really difficult for us to turn down work. So saying you yeah. want to go back part-time, I can, <laughs> I'm going to make a prediction that I can see you ending up doing just as many hours as you did before. <laughs> well, the, the thing before was that when I was, when I was on contract and I was PAYE, I was paid as an employee, um, I was expected to be there. There was no scope for saying, sorry, I can't work next Thursday because I've got another job. That, that just wasn't possible. Um, but working as a contract, working, working on a, um, as a freelancer and um, you know, just paid as a, as a freelancer, yeah, I'm hoping that I would be able to say, sorry, can't do Wednesday and Thursday next week. I'm doing something else. And they'd say, oh, fine, you know, because I'm just there as, as the stand-in. Right, right, well... Hopefully it will all work out the way you mm. want it to. Um, now, today's subject uh, is quite an interesting one. We haven't we we've covered various people in ufology uh, before mm. now, um, some of whom we like, some of whom some of us don't like at all. And, and this is someone whose name <laughs> has cropped up before in, in yes. previous discussions. Well, I think it's important that we do cover uh, this side of uh, of things. So, famous sceptic and active debunker, uh, Philip J. Class. Uh, now, he, he passed away um, aged 85 uh, some, uh, was it 18 years ago now? 18 oh, years God. ago, yeah. It's 2005, 18 years. So someone born in 2005 can legally drink now. That is in this, terrifying. In, in this country, I mean, most of our listeners are in the United States where they absolutely okay. can't. But Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that is terrifying. Yeah, but, uh, but actually our American listeners can legally own a gun. That's also terrifying. Anybody, yeah. You might have been able to drink, but you can own a gun. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Now Philip J. Class is he's come up before as a as a debunker. I mean his scientific credentials are are fairly fairly impressive. He, what's his degree in? It was um electronics. Uh yeah, he was uh I mean he, he worked for General Electric as a an engineer in aviation electronics, uh, avionics. Mm -hmm. Um and became a journalist, became a mm. Worked, worked from went went to work for Aviation Week and Space Technology, and became the the senior editor of uh, for thirty four years. Yeah, just looking to see what what his degree was in. Uh, it was, his uh, degree um, oh, graduated from Iowa State College in nineteen forty one, so before probably before America entered the Second World War with a bsc a bachelor of science degree in electrical engineering so he's a you know he's a guy electronics he's, yeah yeah he's a he's a scientist you know this is this is someone who has a, a logical mind right isn't it this he's, is... he's an engineer i don't know as i would use the word scientist <laughs> probably hmm. really just pissed off a load of our uh engineering <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> listeners but no i i yeah i, I think Scientists would be stretching it somewhat. He, he's an engineer, and engineers famously do think in straight lines, in you know, logical because that's part of the job. 
Um, yeah, because um, this was back yeah, when engineering meant engineering, and now if you're in human resources, you're in interpersonal engineering, and they, they use mm. engineering for everything now. Oh, don't get me started. Back when but I as was you alive. say, engineering works in in um, he, he's dealing with precise things, isn't he? The precise yep. measurement of very measurable things, and I would imagine wouldn't have the kind of mind that would be very open to speculating about things based on very little information at all. Well, you um, say that. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing he did when he got hmm. into ufology was came up with some batshit crazy theories that were utterly unprovable. Okay. Um so he started investigating claims back in 1966 around mm -hmm. Exeter, New Hampshire. And he said that the UFOs that people were seeing were caused by ball lightning or plasma from nearby power lines. So... He's basically, and, and I think there is a quote uh, mm. that someone said, he's, he's replaced one unsubstantiated theory with another unsubstantiated theory. Mm. I mean, he did note that many of these, um, th th this, was, this was in Exeter, wasn't it, in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. um, he noted that many of the UFO incidents took place close to high power electric lines. Mm -hmm. I don't know how close that would have to be. So, yeah, that's when he he made this complete leap in the dark about a previously unknown type of plasma or ball lightning that might have come from these power lines or, or transformers. Yeah. Um, that so would have caused he is these... a person who would make these unsubstantiated theoretical... I mean, it looks like he's he's reaching, he's, he's casting around for some explanation that is terrestrial. Even though he can't come up with one, he's speculated about something that... I suppose to him, sounds more likely. And he argued that they could explain most or all UFOs and even cases of um, alleged alien abduction. Yes, by ball lightning. Yeah. He believed that people who thought they'd... And, and he, he famously said mm. that um, only... Around 97, 98% of people who claim to have UFO encounters were intelligent, rational people who, they weren't lying. It was only hmm. 2 or 3%, uh, he said, of UFO reports that were fraudulent. So he is saying that these rational, intelligent people were claiming that they had been abducted by aliens because of ball lightning. I'm really open to hearing how you make that connection. Um, well, I mean, if you've been electrocuted and you wake up hours later um, and it's messed with your brain a bit, um, yeah, and the last thing you remember is seeing these lights in the sky and thinking, oh, that looks like a UFO. And the next thing you know, you wake up on the ground burned. Um, who knows what's going to go through your head? Um, um, I mean, he... In the late 1960s, allegedly, Klask very quietly abandoned this plasma theory. It was getting getting too much too much heat. Um, but then just said that, that all UFO sightings could be explained as misidentification of normal phenomena 
clouds, stars, comets, aircraft. Did, I've got to ask, did you intend that this... pun? Sorry? Did you intend that pun? Which one was that? The, no, so the, obviously the plas- not. Oh, it... The theory on plasma was getting too much heat. <laughs> and light. Sorry. That, yeah, that, it was... uh, that, that tickled me anyway. <laughs> but, you know, you can imagine that he's trying to have a conversation. He's trying to debunk UFOs. Um, mm-hmm. But he's just being met by this constant barrage of debunking his plasma theory. You know, he can't get a word in edgeways. So I think, okay, forget about the plasma. Forget about. You know, let's not talk <laughs> about that. Let's talk about these UFOs. So yeah, he thought that most people were. You know, they they genuinely thought they'd seen something, and had been probably persuaded either by what they'd learned beforehand or, or had been told afterwards that. Um, there were, there were, um, <laughs> they'd, they'd seen a UFO. Um, now, there, there was yes. one guy. Um, Class has argued in favour of hoaxes pretty much more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, with very little evidence. Um, Apparently, he made unsubstantiated charges of drug smuggling oh. against uh, a pilot called Frederick Valentish, who disappeared in 1978 after claiming a strange UFO was flying near his plane. So suddenly, out of nowhere, he said, oh, yeah, this guy was smuggling drugs. Uh, yeah, he, and he made that claim in 1992. Mm. So, you know, the, so mm. he, he has a they say you should never speak ill of the dead, but I'm sorry. To me, this guy class is a nasty, or was rather, a nasty piece of work. Um, that wasn't the first time uh, he had done smear campaigns or ad hominem attacks. And yeah, the the 1990s, that was a completely, he had no evidence, no indications mm. whatsoever that that pilot, um, Australian pilot, wasn't he? Um, mm. No indication that he was he was smuggling drugs. He just, it, it's an active, he, he made shit up to discredit people. Um, mm. The first record I've got of him trying to do this was back in the sixties. So you know it was it was a career wide mm. tactic of his. Um, there was a physicist called uh, James E. McDonald's, mm. uh, who, as well as being a physicist and a, a respected physicist, um, as well as doing that, he also investigated UFOs. And Class wrote to his university and said, basically, like, why, like, how can you have someone on your staff investigating UFOs? This is totally ridiculous. You should cut his funding completely and instant. Now, fortunately, they didn't. Hmm. But what a piece of shit. I mean, it seems to me like he's he's playing to a certain crowd. You know, he, he had this, it was described as a crusader's zeal for what seems right. It's not It's not enough that he was an engineer who was prepared to say, well... I don't know about any of this. There's, there's no evidence to, to back this up. But it would be like a, a, a shock jock now or a podcaster um, who, who, who he's got his followers who would delight in him saying these, you know, accusing these people of all sorts of things. Um, and it would in, he would enjoy the um, 
the the distress that it caused to those people, and his followers yes. would enjoy the distress that it was it was caused. Yes, it puts me in mind, I'm going to go a little bit political here, so brace yourselves, uh-huh. listeners. But it puts me in mind of the followers of the likes of Trump over in the United States and Nigel Farage here in the UK. Mm. People who say, oh, you just don't like it because he says how it is. No, he's, he's yeah. saying appalling, inhumane things. You know, Yeah, don't like it because it's the way it is. It's not the way it is for a start and you know it's just appalling and nasty and small-minded and petty and right anyway in fact that's probably (laughs) part of the reason why class spent much of his adult life as a loner Um, he only married um at the age of 60 um his wife um and had a son and they'd escaped from communist bulgaria in 1973 and uh, I guess they needed some sort of sponsor, and he I thought, mean, um, "Well, yeah, this is the only way I can get a wife." You know. Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go down that route because you know that that's that that's kind of too close to class's tactics. Um, the the ad hominem by like, attacking personally because of his like, mm. his belief. But, but, I, I mean, so all I'm, sorts of I'm, people are single. I'm 50 years old and single, so you know. <laughs> Yeah, but you haven't been let's, single all your life. I'm, I'm painting a picture of uh, a nasty, <laughs> venom, spiteful, spite-filled person who, yeah, who's just a very objectionable person to the extent <laughs> that, yeah, no, of course he's not married. You know, every oh, there are plenty of uh, nasty, venomous, uh, spite-filled mm. people who are married. So yeah, to yeah. equally um, spiteful, <laughs> venomous people. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I just wouldn't go down that route, to mm. be honest. Um, but yeah, he, he's nasty enough as it is. Um, there's another one, Stanton Friedman, famous ufologist, uh, who who brought a, a, a huge level of, I think, dignity and rationalism uh, mm. to ufology and, and his UFO investigations. Um, Stanton Friedman was in the process of moving to Canada... And Philip J. Glass wrote to the Canadian government to say, you don't want to let this guy into your country. He'll claim you're like, you're hiding UFOs. And, and hmm. I mean, they they didn't have a formal classification for UFOs um, at the time. They just said like, well, it's either a meteorite or it's not a meteorite. And hmm. He was like, oh, oh, Friedman will like claim that you're, you know, you're, you're subverting the truth. And like, yeah. What a dick! <laughs> he yeah. tried to stop Stanton Friedman from being able to move to Canada. Hmm. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, does it show? Yeah, <laughs> it, it does show. Yeah. Um, so I'm just reading about this business with Friedman and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Um, yeah, he he would do. Yeah, he was a nasty piece of work. However. Oh, however, it did backfire. Um, apparently, Class's letter prompted a major records relocation in Canada and actually made Friedman's research a lot easier than it would have been before. Yes, it did. Uh, so that was a, that, that's where it backfired on him greatly. But it's got to be said, Philip J. Class is also um, 
a person who kind of, well, I suppose in a way, it's also backfiring. He brought light to a lot of UFO cases uh, that otherwise would have been quite, they'd, they'd have been like known about in quite obscure circles. Mm. Uh, and he brought uh, quite a lot to public attention. So I suppose we have to thank him for that. Um, and also by by his means, by the way in which he tried to debunk him, particularly the personal attacks on people mm. uh, in ufology, I think lends more credibility to those people. The fact he would stoop to, you know, mm. writing letters to physicists, you know, employers like, oh, you need to cut mm. his funding. Um, you know, the fact he would stoop to that sort of underhanded tactic means it. He had no argument against the actual claims being made. Mm. If you know, and it, that's the classic ad hominem um, trait, isn't it? You know, you get it. I get it. Huge amount with online trolls, particularly in the crop circle community. If you can't yeah. attack the person's position, you attack that, and that, that's one of the reasons. Mm. I, you know, I, I didn't mean to sort of stamp all over you, but it, it, you know, let's not go down that route because attacking the person instead of the the policy um i get very mm. oh so we both know um i'm like neither of us are fans of boris johnson mm. uh, that, that's no secret that's a reasonable position to... um i think it's a very reasonable position to say but i get really angry and upset when people start to look at boris johnson oh, look at how fat he is like, mm. excuse me you know, attack his policies, attack his his um, you know the 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 job mm. he does, not the person. Because when you like when someone attacks Boris Johnson for being overweight, they're attacking me as well. Hmm. So you know, no fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get very, um, I, yeah, the whole ad hominem. It's the same with, with Donald Trump. People talk about his small I have small hands. Hmm. So when I hear people, oh, look at him, he's got small hands, you can't take him seriously. I don't know why I'm doing a Yorkshire accent for Americans, <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, look at him, yeah. he's got small hands. That's not, like, you know, he's not a real man. Well, no, hmm. I mean, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Huh. God, I feel like I've vented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, in in terms of the Friedman, Friedman did do the things that, that Class said he was going to do. He did uh, um, accuse the Canadian government of covering up information. Yeah. Um, he charged that two government-sponsored in, government investigative bodies had covered up UFO information and that the government had hidden or destroyed further information. Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Class also attacked uh, someone else who's come up in a previous podcast, uh, J. Allen Hynek. Mm -hmm. Um. Yes. He called the editor of the FBI Law Enforcement Bulletin, uh, derided as a pub publication of an article by by Hynek called the UFO Mystery, accused the FBI of perpetuating a hoax, and referred to Hynek as a fraud. And um, 
The editor defended Heineck as a widely respected scientist affiliated with a leading university, to which Klass apparently replied, he won't be for long. <laughs> but, yeah. Um. Uh, he, he followed up the letter with a, to, to the law enforcement bulletin offering a rebuttal article, but uh, they just said no. Well, okay, let's 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 talk about let's talk about his his famous ten thousand dollars reward. Yeah, no, so, he's certainly putting his money where his mouth is. Sort. Of. I I would say he's he's uh, he, he's placing a gamble, but it's a fairly safe gamble. Hmm. Um, and it would be so. Some people have theorised that Class uh, was in fact working for the government in doing this uh, debunking. And hmm. um, you know, it, it's a it's a conspiracy theory. But if that were the case, he would have privileged knowledge that um, indeed nobody was going to come up with any evidence. So he he made this this ten thousand dollar offer that if anyone gave him a piece of a an actual spacecraft that was obviously of extraterrestrial or origin and mm-hmm. um, determined specifically by the United States National Academy of Sciences mm-hmm. or, or a an actual alien being born on another planet to earth live not dead, mm-hmm. live. Uh, brought them before the General Assembly of the United Nations. Then, or, he or a national them... television program. Yeah, um, he would accept other evidence as well, which conclusively proves that the Earth has been visited by extraterrestrial spacecraft in the twentieth century. And the deal was, um, if you accept the offer, you have to pay class a hundred dollars a year for a maximum of 10 years. Um, Each year, none of these things occur. If one of these things occurs, he'll give you 10 grand. That was his his offer. Um, It was specifically declined by a number of people. One person entered into it, um, accepted the terms in 1969, um, but made two annual payments of $100, um, then wrongly claimed the prize. When it was pointed out that his claim didn't meet any of the conditions, the man let the agreement lapse. So, hmm. and so this is related. <laughs> Sorry, he's saying, if you pay me a hundred dollars a year, then I will allow you to present irrefutable evidence, and if you provide that evidence within ten years, so that's well, you know, not necessarily anyone. Anyone can get in touch and say, okay, I accept the deal. I will pay you $100 a year. We'll sign the contract. And if any of these things happen, uh, a crash spacecraft is, is presented or a being appears before the General Assembly of the UN or the, on TV, um, I'll give you ten grand. That's the deal. No, That's the quid pro quo. You, you're going to no, pay me... No. In, in order to enter into this agreement where he would pay the $10,000... You had to have the agreement with him where you would pay him a hundred dollars a year. Yeah, first. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, 
So yeah, but you don't have to produce the evidence as if as long as you've entered this deal and you're paying him a hundred dollars a year. Yes. Um, if the U.S. government suddenly says, "Well, you know, here's actually an extraterrestrial being. He's been with us for years, and and here he is on national television. Class will give you ten grand." Mm. That yes. was the deal. You don't yes. personally have to produce the evidence. Oh, no, um, but yeah, but it, I I think he was onto a fairly safe bet with that. Hmm. Um, and this, this is related to Class's UFO curse. Oh, um, the UFO curse! Yes, <laughs> he, in his statement, um, I think it was in his well, it's, the last I'd the say- last. I've got to read this out. The last will and testament of Philip J. Class to UFOlogists who publicly criticise me, or who even think unkind thoughts about me in private. I do hereby leave and bequeath the UFO curse. Listening, Stu, because this applies to you. No matter <laughs> how long us. you. No matter how long you live, you will never know any more about UFOs than you know today. You will never know any more about what UFOs really are or where they come from. You will never know any more about what the US government really knows about UFOs than you know today. As you lie on your own deathbed, you will be as mystified about UFOs as you are today. And you will remember this curse. (laughs) So... That that would so, apply to both of us from this podcast recording. It it would, yeah. I mean, I'm not as much of a believer as you, but I have publicly criticised him now, and I've thought unkind thoughts about I've him. I've definitely thought unkind thoughts about him. Uh, but I'm also going to say, obviously, that's that's a load of bollocks, because in the last year, we have learnt more about UFOs than we knew beforehand. And this uh, UFO curse was, well, was first I- published in 1983. I'm not convinced about that. Um, fine, if he doesn't believe that we've had UFOs come to this planet, I'm I'm prepared to go along with that. I, I, I haven't been presented with enough evidence to accept, yes, we definitely have been visited. I don't think the US government has any contact with, has, has cooperated with... Um, cooperated with extraterrestrial I'm, I'm i'm with class on that but i'm not going to attack people who say otherwise i'm not going to just try and destroy their reputations someone tells me they've seen something that they can't explain well obviously i can't explain it either can i <laughs> you know i saw this light in the sky and this thing came down this being stepped out and i don't really know what it was well that's what you say you saw obviously you've got no evidence of it you you all you can show me is maybe at the best some some grainy film or something that might look like that but okay i'm not entirely convinced but okay you say you saw what you saw i don't know why you're saying it maybe you've got your own ulterior motives like those kids we were talking about last week in in zimbabwe who told this story about this ufo that they'd seen come down and alien beings visit them at school maybe it did happen i don't believe it did I don't know why they would have said so if it if it if it didn't why they would have made something up like that but kids do make things up. Um no, it's his it's the viciousness with which he's attacked anyone who's even studying anything to do with ufology that um yeah, that's yeah, he's a nasty piece yeah. of work. And I've I brought I, I brought the curse down on me. Well, I think his his alleged curse says 
everything about the man. What a petty, small-minded person he was. Um, but but let me say, <laughs> unlike you, I do think that no matter how long I live, I will not ever learn any more about UFOs than I do now. I, I won't know any more about what they really are, where they came from. I will never know any more about what the US government really knows than they do today. And uh, yeah, I will die as mystified about UFOs as I am today. But back in <laughs> 1983, I'm, I'm, when this the, was first issued... The curse is already on me. You know, I, I know that's going to happen. No, since, well, 1980, since 1983, you ha- your knowledge of UFOs has increased. My, my knowledge of specific UFO incidents has increased. I still don't know mm-hmm. where they're from or... or I've got no explanation for them. Okay. We now know more about what the US government really knows about UFOs thanks to the uh, footage of things like Tic Tac and GoFast. Yeah, see, I'm not that convinced by those videos. I know there's something on the screen. I don't know what it is, but I'm not convinced that it's extraterrestrials. But we know that the government has footage and is taking the subject seriously, which we didn't know before. We suspected before, but we didn't know. Yeah, we, all right. But I don't think that... Yeah, I, I will suspect... <laughs> I will know that the government is taking taking it more seriously, but I don't think we'll know any more about what they know than... than yeah, I think the curse has already applied to me. I think that's, Plus, that's my, I don't that's my expectation. I don't believe in curses, but I, I also don't believe in UFO visitations. You know, the evidence isn't strong enough for me to, to come down on that side of the fence. And that's, and that's, that's what gives us so much to talk about. As long as you don't start attacking people like Philip J. Class did. Um, no. But what do you think, listeners? What do you think of the man? Is he as, uh, as nasty a piece of work as what we seem to think here uh have we missed something about him or perhaps do you think he's even worse than what we've said here there, there are or, a few or maybe you you've got some kind of saying you, you got some kind of insight <laughs> you know what made him so angry and so and made him Indeed. want to lash out at people whatever it is we want to hear from you about this so email us aliensexplored.gmail.com you can find us on facebook and twitter and youtube by searching aliens explored all the links are below including to our patreon as well so if you subscribe to our patreon which costs only two pounds a month that's uh i think about three dollars is it roughly or two dollars fifty something like that um, well, it's really that two dollars ten or something. It's, like that. So the, it's the, of our, our much devalued post, <laughs> our much devalued post Brexit pound. Um, yeah, but it's not, getting off it's the not, topic there. So it's not, it's not worth Patreon much more page. than a dollar or a year. Two two pounds isn't much more than two dollars or two euros. It's not much more. So yeah, so go to our Patreon page, help support us, and you get exclusive access to our Discord server. I was determined to get that out. <laughs> And join us next time when, oh, one of my favourites, we're going to be talking about the first ever recorded crop circle, the Mowing Devil of 1678. Looking forward to that one. 
definitely. So join us for that. In the meantime, keep watching out for these people who do ad hominem attacks like internet trolls, which I'm sure Jim Cross would have been. And of course, mm. keep watching this. Take Catch care you for next. now. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>